We are less than a month away now from what is being billed as the biggest fight in combat sports history. The headlines are dominated currently with McGregor vs. Mayweather, McGregor vs. Malinaji, and John Jones vs. Brock Lesnar. While quietly the guy who's considered the arguable number one pound-for-pound -pound fighter in the world before John Jones head kicked DC last week, Demetrius Johnson just recently announced his new fight and opponent, Ray Borg, at UFC 215 in September. Sure, the hardcore fans were certainly aware, but you didn't see this trending on Twitter or as a top headline on ESPN. To put this in perspective, we are talking about the fighter with the UFC's longest active win streak, excluding John Jones, who's also going to be fighting for the longest title streak in UFC history. If he succeeds at this goal, he'll be their most dominant champion in the company's 24-year-long history. Even Portuguese-speaking fighters like Anderson Silva were heralded with no ability to trash talk or hype a fight with their words. Minus the opposition from Chell Sonnen, which was all Chell basically. So what's the deal? Why can't Mighty Mouse catch a break? Why couldn't he sell out a small venue like the Palms in Las Vegas against Tim Elliott last December? Most go straight to the management by saying that the UFC doesn't promote him well. Others say it's his race. So that's what we're here to discuss. The why and who's to blame, if anyone at all. I'm Jason from MMA on Point, and this is Relativity, the Demetrius Johnson problem. Alright, so let's start with the most common argument. UFC doesn't promote him correctly. I mean, this makes sense, right? Western civilization is built up on the idea that you can sell anything from sugary cereals and the latest dietary pills that combat them to horrible music and beyond tired action movies. Sell me this pen. Anyhow, if that pile of mess can be bought and sold in mass consumption, then the UFC should be able to sell some pay-per-views, right? I mean, it's worked for all of the biggest stars in the UFC. To name a few, there's Conor and Ronda all the way at the top. Then there's BJ Penn, Anderson Silva, GSP, John Jones, Tito Ortiz, Randy Couture, Chuck Liddell, plus a ton of other successful marketing stories. And then you've also got the classics like Boyce Gracie, Hickson Gracie, and Ken Shamrock. Now that's a lot of successfully promoted fighters, and many of them were promoted in a different era in which the UFC and Zufa weren't nearly as powerful as they are now. And in some cases, like Fedor and Pride, didn't have that machine behind them at all. So then why can't Dana and the UFC as MMA's most powerful promotion machine replicate these methods with Demetrius Johnson? Well that's where I'd say the argument loses traction for me. Every one of those fighters mentioned above had something extraordinarily unique about them. Ronda was capturing the world's attention before the UFC even bought Strikeforce and was truly a dominant combat sports athlete in a world where boxing doesn't give women a second glance to this day. You can say what you want to about her record now, but it was solid back in the day. Connor literally had an entire nation behind him. Same with GSP. Brock was a WWE champion and let's face it, if there's a guy out there like that, roided or not, he's a massive figure. You're gonna want to watch him fight. Fedor wasn't known for trash talk, but demolishing the best in the sport during his day. Chuck Vanderlei and Rampage were all knockout artists with personality behind it. Voice introduced the most critical martial art to the fight game. Ken Shamrock looked like Captain America and was crazy as hell. I could go on all day, but the thing that you'll see about all these people is that they had an attribute or multiple charismatic traits that the UFC then simply augmented. In fact, if there was nothing to them, then we'd reject them like the hardcore fan base has already done to Sage Northcutt and Paige Van Zandt. This is an example of two fighters who look the part, 
but can't deliver on fight day. They're still young, so there's time to get better. But even then, they're beautiful people. It's just reality. The same thing happens in the music business every day with artists who look the part, and they get signed to a record deal, and next thing you know, you're seeing them on TV. Listen, it's not pretty, I get it, but it's reality, and that's what they're marketing. Like it or not, this game is just as much about your personality as it is the style in which you fight. If the charisma isn't there, the public simply is going to have a hard time lashing onto your personality. Unless you're smashing your opponents into oblivion, it's pretty much a must. Notice I didn't mention why someone like Anderson Silva, on the other hand, still managed to sell millions of pay-per-view buys on multiple cards. So we could just say the feud with Shell Sonny explains Anderson Silva's popularity, but that's really just one part of it. He also fought huge names like Vitor Belfort, Dan Henderson, Rich Franklin, Stefan Bonner, and Forrest Griffin. Okay, Stefan Bonner was just a name, he was never really that great. Even still, that name value helped cement his level of competition as the highest in the sport. Not only did he beat them, but he wiped the floor with them. The thing I'm getting at here is relativity. Like a plane flying through the sky with no clouds or ground in focus, you have no sense of relative motion, no sense of speed or real movement when the background simply doesn't give you any information. In the exact same way with prize fighting, there has to be some sort of competition to prove that not only you are dominant, but against the best fighters on the planet. Hall of Famers and future Hall of Famers are a plus. The lightweight division is also a useful analogy here because it struggled even with BJ Penn as its champ in the early days. It wasn't until BJ went up to welterweight and submitted Matt Hughes that the world finally took notice. Not only a BJ, but the lightweight division. Now there have been so many killers in that division, it's impossible to argue that it's not the most stacked division in the sport. Plenty of relativity there. Featherweight was also in a similar position before Connor with Jose Aldo. Even he had great and well-known opponents like Kenny Florian, Uriah Faber, and former lightweight champion Frankie Edgar. Bantamweight also had Faber and Burrell. They still have former champs like Dominic Cruz and Dillashaw, and now they appear to have their own knockout king in Garbrandt, who's any marketer's dream. The relativity is there for all of these divisions and fighters. But when you look at Demetrius Johnson, what former champion has he fought outside of Dominic Cruz? This is a fight he lost before the flyweight division was introduced. But if your biggest wins are against Joseph Benavidez and John Dodson, who's left the division by the way, and don't get me wrong, these are amazing fighters, not taking anything away from them. They just aren't nearly as big as the other division's top names. Johnson needs a rival, a former or current champ in a different weight division, or at the very least, someone that shows a legitimate threat to his title in the same way that Dodson did for a short time. Someone that really makes you feel like he could lose and makes the rest of the flyweight division look far enough behind them that the two stand together at the top, a la John Jones and Cormier. A lot of you are going to find this next statement annoying and will likely want to debate me, which I welcome, seriously, hit me up in the comments. But the Dillashaw fight is exactly what Mighty Mouse needs. He needs relativity. He needs that rival, that former champion, that clear indication of world-class skill opposite him in the cage. There's plenty to disagree with Dana White on and the way he's handled this situation, but he's right. Johnson needs Dillashaw. He needs something he can promote. Borg just isn't a name that's going to get fans' wallets out or even make you think that he could win. Sure, upsets sometimes do happen and almost did, but that's not a must-see fight. Not one you'll pay to see because you can't wait to see what happens. It feels like a foregone conclusion already. All this being said, Demetrius Johnson is an excellent fighter 
I'm personally a huge fan of him and I want to see him get bigger. So there it is. Hopefully I haven't angered or annoyed too many of you, but let's discuss this in the comments. I welcome a good hearted debate and love talking about this stuff. Hey guys, what's up? My name is Jason from MMA on Point. I just want to say thanks for watching this video. Uh, go ahead and like or share the video and then uh, subscribe to us if you haven't already. We're also on Twitter. Our account is on Point MMA, And then you can follow me personally at Jason the Heart on Twitter. Um, I'm starting this channel up with a really good friend of mine. Uh, he's one of my UK buddies that's also a video editor. You'll see his videos on the channel. His name is Tom. What we are really trying to do in short is just start an MMA fan channel that brings a little bit of entertainment value and production quality. Uh, we feel like the only thing that's out there is basically journalism and analysts, but there's not really that kind of fun thing that you get like when you see movie reviews or you see people talking about video games. There's all that stuff out there, but for whatever reason, there's nothing quite on MMA. And so we feel like that's something that we can bring. If you believe in this and if you think that this is a niche that we are fulfilling and you feel like uh, this is something that needs to be brought to the table, we're also on Patreon, so go ahead and support us there if you're interested. But uh, that's it. I just wanted to give you guys a brief introduction. Thanks so much for watching the video, and I'm serious. If you comment below,